0: Crispin here on the North Shore Vineyard Church audio podcast. Today on the podcast, we have audio from a couple of weeks ago, Uh, just getting a little late and getting it posted. (laughs) This is from August 21st. This is the second part in our look at communion. This series we're calling The Table of the Lord. We're looking at various aspects of the Eucharist, the Lord's table. So this is called Broken and Poured Out stay up with all the outreaches we're doing for flood victims on our facebook page or our website northshorevineyard.org we got stuff going on every week i think this week we're going to be cooking up in dunham springs again so let's go to the top thanks for listening Uh, the first, uh, on the, on the front of your outline, John 13, it was just before the Passover festival, Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then, Lord, said Simon Peter, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. And Jesus answered, those who have had a bath only need to wash their feet. The whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not Every one of you, for he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said, not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes, returned to his place, Do you not understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor a messenger greater than the one who has sent sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Last week, I said we we're going to start a little series on communion. We take communion here uh, mostly every week, but just spending a little time reflecting on the multifacets of what the communion table speaks to us. And so last week, I talked about how we take communion in remembrance of Jesus. We remember Jesus, the incarnation, the cross, the resurrection. We remember Jesus' teaching. We remember his example, but we also remember what Jesus has done in our own lives. So we come to this table in a reflective place as a memorial to who Jesus is and what he's done. That's one way. But today we're going to look at another aspect. All four Gospels speak of this Last Supper that Jesus has with his disciples, it's Passover meal. Jesus is celebrating Passover with his disciples, and he's reconfiguring all the imagery of Passover around himself and his own vocation as the Messiah. And it's interesting. Out of the four Gospels, uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke all talk about the institution of the Eucharist—the the, the bread and the wine. But when it comes to John, the Gospel of John, John gives us this other story. John doesn't talk about Jesus breaking the bread or or passing around the cup. He gives us another story of, of what Jesus did during that same meal that night. Jesus, in this meal, gets up from the dinner table. He takes off his outer garment, wraps himself in a towel, and he goes around and washes the feet of his disciples. How many of y'all are freaked out by dirty feet? Yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing. Uh, There's a particular kind of dirty, though, (laughs) when you're in Jerusalem during Passover (laughs) back in the first century, because everybody wears sandals, The, the, the city would have swollen to twice its normal population. And not only do you have people everywhere, you've got animals doing their business on the street. And so you kind of get an idea of some of the substances that might be found in between people's toes. (laughs) And so when it came to washing feet, that was like the the most disgusting job you could do in that culture. And, And actually, a lot of Jews, if you were well off enough, you would get a Gentile slave to wash your feet for you. And so when in Philippians, Paul talks about let's consider Jesus Though being God, did not consider equality with God something to be exploited to his own advantage. Rather, he took the form of a servant and humbled himself. This is what we see in this supper. Jesus gets down and he washes the feet of the disciples. And when he gets done, he goes, you guys ought to do this for each other. Now, there's actually... Three main sacraments that are practiced by churches of all different stripes. We take communion. Communion is one of the most common sacraments, along with baptism. Most Christian churches believe in baptism. At least they, they argue of how, how you get baptized, but they believe in baptism. And then the third would be foot washing. Now, thankfully, we're not a group of people that practices actual foot washing, um, but those of us who don't actually have foot washing services on a regular basis, because we've got clean feet now and shoes and all that, um, those of us who don't have foot washing services, the reason we don't is we, because we believe that because what Jesus did here was a symbolic act. Jesus wasn't just telling his disciples to wash their feet all the time. He was actually speaking of this action of humbling himself and loving them and caring for them in that moment. And I think when we look at the Gospel of John, it really helps us understand maybe a different aspect of what communion is. What if when Jesus, holding the bread broken and taking the cup, and saying, do this in remembrance of me? What if Jesus wasn't saying, just take communion every week when you get together and remember me? But what if he was saying, do this? What these symbols point to. What if Jesus is saying, don't just ritually go through the motions of of, of having the bread and the wine, but do what the bread and the wine point to. Love one another, care for one another, be broken and poured out as Jesus was for one another. I think that's where John's gospel really helps us because it helps us see this picture that the Christian life, it's not just about me and my own well-being and my blessing and how much God loves me. It's about loving others. Jesus, who goes to the cross himself, tells his own disciples, you guys are going to have to pick up a cross too and follow after me. That's the way of the Christian life. Do this in remembrance of me. See, the communion meal, it sums up the whole ministry of Jesus from the incarnation to his teachings to his healings to the cross, we celebrate that. But if we only come to this table remembering who Jesus is, and Jesus loves me, this I know, and thank you, God, for saving me, thank you for how much you love me, if all you do is that, then at some point, it's either going to deteriorate into escapism, <laughs> trying to just escape this world, or it's going to deteriorate into individualism, or it's going to deteriorate into empty ritual. I know the churches that I was in, I mean, really my experience in church up till probably, actually when we started this church, I mean, the kinder vineyard was changing a little at this point, but I remember for so long being a part of churches where you celebrated communion like once a quarter, and actually the churches I was in, you know, my early years, it was like once a year, maybe. Uh, and, and the, and the thinking was always, we don't want to do this too much lest you become desensitized to it. And it mean less. Does anybody ever been around groups like that? Although we don't apply that to, to, to tithing or (laughs) serving in church, (laughs) you can become desensitized to serving. Just keep showing up and watching kids. Um, But I think the only way that communion can become empty, dead ritual is when we divorce it from what communion actually points to. Because communion, what we believe here, is that it's a signpost. It's not the actual body broken, and we're going to get into the actual body next week a bit. But it's not the actual body and Jesus, blood of Jesus. It's, it's symbols. And these symbols point to Jesus. And they point to the way Jesus was broken and poured out for us. And so to eat this meal is to, is, is not just some private esoteric experience where we feel connected with God and it's for our own thing. To eat this meal is to sign up to be broken and poured out for other people. It's saying, I'm willing to live my life in a way that is self-sacrificial. I'm willing to put down my own rights if need be so I can value other people. I'm willing to be uncomfortable sometimes to to care for others. It's not my will, but His will. And that's the paradox of the Christian life that Jesus said. If you seek to to save your life, you're going to lose it. But if, if you lose your life... You're going to find life. How many times is that the truth? You know, Jesus said even, he said crazy things like it's more blessed to give than to receive. I never understood that as a kid. (laughs) But when you can actually give of yourself, your time, your care, your heart to another person, you find that you encounter Jesus right there. You encounter the Spirit right there in that place. And so today, I think the question we need to wrestle with for the next week uh, to to let these things be on our heart as we go about life is, God, how can I be broken and poured out today for other people? Maybe it's in prayer. Maybe it's praying for other people. Interceding for them. Maybe it's sitting down and, 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 and listening to people. Maybe it's, Picking up a a wheelbarrow and going to gut people's homes. Who knows? But God, how can I live out the reality of communion in my life today? How can I live out the reality of what the bread and the wine point to? Why don't you stand? Told you it was going to be quick. Lord God, this morning, we just, we want to pray for all those who have been affected by the flooding. Lord, for those this morning that are struggling uh, with depression and despair. Lord, we pray that your spirit would comfort them, be near to them. We pray that those who are in desperate places would find um, your care, Lord. And God, we pray that, that... Even in the coming weeks and months as a church, God, that that you would help us to be your hands and feet, God. Lord, that where we we need to get our hands dirty, we'd get them dirty, God, but where we need to just sit down and listen to people and love on them or just to pray for folks, God, that we would be willing to, to do that as well, Lord. Lord, show us what it means to live in the reality of what communion points to, God. Lord, help us to, to be freed of, of our selfishness, God, our attachments. Help us to find life as we give it away, Lord. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.